I am immensely grateful that I have never had to fear for my life because of forces of nature. I'm quite lucky about that, in fact. Sure, we get maybe the occasional tornado warning here in St. Louis, but even then we can go to our basements or go to a safer place and feel like we are taking precautions and that we have some semblance of control over that situation to get us to safety. Even though uh, a lot might be happening around us, we feel like, okay, I've done my part. I feel that there's, I'm, I'm in control of where I am. I'm in the safest place possible. Uh, and th- that gives us a sense of reassurance, I think, even no matter what might be going on around us. And we might think that that is a lot like the situation that we get in our gospel today. When the apostles are out on the sea and there is a great storm. But what sets the situation in the gospel apart from all those other examples we might have in our lives is that the apostles can't really go anywhere to escape. They're trapped. They're out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. It's not like they can get off the water. They would clearly be trying to do that. Uh, But the storm and the winds are against them. They're at the mercy of the wind. They can't go anywhere. They are stuck, exposed to the elements, out in the middle of the sea, with water and wind just thrashing upon them. And we see in this gospel, brothers and sisters, that this storm is really the epitome of things happening in our lives to us that are beyond our control. The things that happen to us rather than the things that we bring upon ourselves. When things happen to us that we don't really have a lot of control over, I think that makes the fear and the anxiety over those things all the more acute. Because we feel so powerless and helpless and lost and there is nothing we can do to mitigate it or to be able to escape from it. And so it is into this peril that Jesus comes walking on the water, demonstrating his power over the forces of nature itself. It's a moment that, first of all, proves that he is God, but a moment that also provokes a lot of different reactions out of his apostles. Some are fearful, others are anxious, and others are just plain old shocked. But for Simon Peter, this whole saga actually evokes eagerness boldness and courage. He says to Jesus, calling out to him as he's walking, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Peter sees Jesus conquering gravity and mother nature, and he wants in. He sees Jesus as well, shoot, if if, if you can do that, maybe I can do it as well. He wants to overcome those forces of nature that are happening to him. And we can only admire Peter's courage in this moment. He shows a great deal of trust when all of the apostles aren't. And so he steps out of that boat and begins to walk on the water. But eventually, what does he do, though? He sees how strong the wind was, as our gospel says, and he became frightened. Let's hear that again. He saw how strong the wind was, and he became frightened. That is an odd choice of words. If you think about it, because the wind isn't necessarily something that you see. It is something that you feel. You feel the the wind hitting you on on the arms. You feel the water and the spray coming at you. And it's also pitch black out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. There's not much you can see 
maybe a sail if your boat has one, but there really isn't much to see that would give you an indication of how the wind is. It would be something that you would feel instead. So what's this gospel getting at that Peter sees the wind and becomes frightened? Well, it meant he took his eyes off of Jesus. He took his eyes away from the one who was bidding him to come out onto the water, the one who walked on the water first. Once Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, he became frightened and he began to sink. And really also by averting his eyes from Jesus, Peter, for that brief moment, went into isolation. Whereas Jesus wanted Peter to enter into relationship. The storms of life, brothers and sisters, can drive us into isolation. We think that we are alone, and so we try to go at it alone. It becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And whatever that storm might be, it could be busyness, it could be anxiety, it could be grief, it could be any other hardship, a general rule of the spiritual life, brothers and sisters, is that the evil one, he likes to kick us while we are down, But he will also use that storm to try to divert us and avert our eyes from Christ. Because at the end of the day, that's really all the evil one cares about. He doesn't care about the storm itself. He cares about what it will do to us in our relationship with God. The evil one cares more about us losing our faith in God or averting our eyes from Jesus than anything else. That is his one and only goal and he will use any means necessary to achieve it. And so what does he do? He tries to isolate us when times are tough. And that is exactly what Peter does. He averts his eyes from Jesus. And yes, it might be a little bit easier almost to look down. There's probably less water spraying at his eyes. He feels he can maybe open them up a little more. But the irony is, of course, it's all for isolation. Whereas if he keeps his eyes on Jesus, yes, it might be a little difficult to see him through the rain. But our eyes are at least fixed on God. And so for us, brothers and sisters, what happens when we, when we get desolate, when we experience desolation or a storm comes our way? What, what are some of the things that we do? Well, we, first of all, we go to our phones. It's a pretty easy one, right? It's the isolation of our age. Even if we're talking with others, we're isolated from what's going on around us. Or maybe we might be struggling with something difficult and we just keep it to ourselves. We think that no one cares, that no one will listen. So we don't talk about it or confront it, and it only gets worse inside of us. It doesn't actually get better. Or maybe if our storm is busyness, what's often the first thing that goes away when we're stressed or when we feel too busy, it's prayer or Sunday Mass. And many people might say, oh, Father, I'm too busy to pray, or sometimes I'm just so busy on the weekends I can't make it to Sunday Mass. Well, if anything, it's what Simon Peter sort of does today. How often is it that the first thing that we do is take our eyes off of Christ and circle the wagons and try to take care of everything by ourselves. But no matter the storm and no matter how we try to attack it, we find that if we isolate ourselves, it only leads to us falling flat on our faces, just like Simon Peter, succumbing to despair or sinking under the weight of our struggles. And yes, on our own, brothers and sisters, in isolation, the storms of life are too vast and too strong and difficult to conquer. But Christ knows that it is getting out of ourselves that saves us. Being with Christ, being with him, knowing that he is more powerful than any force of nature or tempest of human life. 
And notice, Jesus does not let Peter sink. He does not abandon him. And our Lord will not abandon us when storms arise. If our eyes are fixed on Christ, we realize that every step we take toward him is a step aided by wondrous grace, providence, and the miraculous work of God and of God alone. So when a storm pops up in our lives, brothers and sisters, let us see Jesus walking towards us through the rain and through the wind, inviting us to walk on the water with him, inviting us to keep our eyes fixed on him so that we can conquer life's challenges that loom so large, so that we, like Simon Peter, might experience the difference between being alone with ourselves and being alone with Jesus.